The Campbell Group has teamed up with PI Perspectives to offer listeners top-notch, affordable insurance solutions. Private investigators can get insurance for their business for as low as $305 per year. Apply now at PIPerspectivesInsurance.com and receive a quote back within 24 hours. Do you enjoy our podcast and the guests we bring you? Since 2019, Matt and his team have done their very best to give you amazing shows each week. If you feel like our show has helped you to be a better investigator, or maybe even inspired you to become an investigator, please let us know. We're looking for testimonials. Drop Matt an email with a recorded 20 to 30 seconds of you talking about this podcast. You can also email him something verbal about the website. His email is matthewsmith.com at SatellitePI.com. And if you really feel blessed for having this content, consider supporting Matt and our show by joining Investigator's Toolbox. You really have to see version 2.0. And at just 49 cents a day, it's a no-brainer. Satellite Investigations has launched its new website full of great new content. Matt and his team have released some great informative blogs. Make sure you log in to LinkedIn and follow Satellite Investigations for the latest content. Over the past year, our industry has been the target of foreign governments and agencies that have attempted to recruit unsuspecting investigators to gather intelligence or immediate expatriates. PI Perspectives is teaming up with the Federal Bureau of Investigations to get the word out about this ongoing crisis. If you've been contacted by an individual or company that might seem suspicious, please contact the FBI at tips.fbi.gov. You can also contact the New York field office at 212-384-1000 to report suspicious activity in any state. The link is also in the show notes. Even if you completed a job and it still doesn't sit right with you, you can report this activity. The only way to stop this trend is to work together. So let's do it. Welcome to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. Today on this show, we welcome the amazing Jerry Williams. Jerry is a retired FBI agent who started a podcast several years back. In November 2023, she celebrated episode 300 and welcomed FBI Director Christopher Wray. Matt and Jerry cover many topics, including the ongoing issue of foreign governments trying to hire private investigators. You are going to love this episode. Please welcome Jerry Williams and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome everyone to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. Uh, today, I, I'm really, really excited and happy to and welcome back a fellow podcaster, somebody who I look up to as, as some amazing podcast episodes, the one, the only Jerry Williams. I want to welcome you back to the program. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to have you. You just hit a huge milestone, 300 episodes of your show, right? Yeah. And for somebody who created the podcast as kind of an afterthought, you know, for a secondary purpose, the podcast has 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 grown and has now become my my major focus. And, you know, you never know, you know, you start a project and you never know where it's going to take you. Next thing you know, William Morris is representing you and uh, I get to book appointments to, to get you, right? <laughs> I, I wish. You know. yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so FBI uh, case file review. Um, that is the uh, the program. I encourage everyone to go check it out. It's really, really an awesome program. And really the premise is, is you know, folks that are 
have been federal agents that are retired, talk about cases that have been adjudicated and gone through the process and, and really highlighting how they were able to um, address that particular situation. How did you come up with that idea? Obviously, you're retired from the job as well. Yeah. And, you know, I spent most of my career, 26 years working for the FBI, working economic fraud cases. But in the last five years, four and a half years of my career, I became the media rep or spokesperson for Philadelphia and started to really learn how important it is to shape the perspective or perception of the FBI in the mind of the public. And I love doing that, you know, sharing FBI stories and highlighting things that the agents in uh, Philadelphia were doing. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed it. So after I retired and I took another job in that area as media director for SEPTA, again, I just love sharing those stories of the people working at the public transit system. And I just decided, you know, this will be something that I want to continue doing. And I knew a lot of FBI agents, retired agents. And uh, so I just started uh, asking all my friends to be on the show. And and now it's grown. Yeah, fast forward. A whole nother level, as they say. Right. You you have some like kind of special guest for the 300 episode. I mean, you had multiple guests on, but you had somebody special. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, there was somebody special for my 300th episode, and (laughs) that was current FBI director Christopher Ray. What an unbelievable validation of the show and the purpose of the show, which, of course, my mission is to show the public, you know, who the FBI is and what the FBI does. And when I reached out and asked if he would be a guest on the show, I really thought that, you know, there's a probably <laughs> higher than 50% chance they're going to say no. Thanks, and when they came back and said yes, I was just ecstatic, you know, and, and really wanted to make sure that I did a good job and ask the questions that I thought my listeners who were not just retired agents and our active agents, but law enforcement people in general, true crime lovers, people mm-hmm. who just were concerned about what's going on with law enforcement in this country today. I wanted to make sure I asked the right questions. Sure. And, you know, I was really proud of the way it turned out. Great interview. And listen, folks, by no means is it a fluff interview. You asked difficult quite you were a bit tough on him at times there were some of those were a little bit uneasy where we're going what direction we're, we're, we're talking here but yeah, I he pushed a little that. bit when it came to public perception because mm-hmm. I think um you know I think that sometimes when you hear rumors or negativity you know you take the high road everybody mm-hmm. talks about taking the high road and, and not you know, engaging with that. But there are some times when I think you do have to engage and set the record straight. Yeah. And, you know, we just can't throw off, oh, those people, we don't care about what they think because it's infect. It's like an infection that can spread. And yeah. at some point, you know, you got to stop putting Band-Aids on that, uh, that sore and go in there with a scalpel and cut out the bad part. And, yeah. you know, that's one of the things that uh, concerns me, you know, how far reaching is this um, and how can we get back to, uh, you know, the good stuff, you know, the positivity about what the FBI does. I want to make sure that we're, we're, we stay there, that we don't, um, uh, 
you know, let other people tell our story. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, the way news is these days, you know, the narrative can change so quickly. Yes. And if you don't say anything, <laughs> people are going to assume, oh, because I saw it on CNN or I saw it on Fox or I saw it on something, it must be true. Right. Yeah. And there's no yeah. there's no response to it. Right. And I guess uh, and again, as a former media director, I mean, I, I did that professionally full time right. for a total of 12 years. Now, I know how important that is, and I am not in any way going to uh, be a person who comes out in social media and defends uh, the FBI. That's not my purpose. My purpose is to give you the true stories, the true facts, and allow you to make your own determination. And if I do my job well, I, you know, do my mission well then people will know who the FBI is and what the FBI does. Sure. So of this 300 episodes and quite a few, a couple, couple repeats here and there, but, but, but not many. Uh, yeah, so not in the 300. I probably have 310. Yeah. And so those 10 oh, are the bonus okay. episodes and, right. the, and the, and the repeat. So now there's, yeah. there's 300 brand new, nice. you know, episodes. <laughs> nice. I remember hearing Jimmy Gagliano, I think at least twice. Yeah, yeah, he was on twice. Oh, I see. You mean repeats of people, right. but right. different stories, different right. stories. Yeah, definitely different stories. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, what of those three hundred? Is there anyone that that's other than the, the most recent one that was really memorable to you? When you're like, wow, that that really blew my socks off. There are so many. Now, I did do a re-edited version of the episodes that I thought really made me realize what my mission was. And that was episode 57 and 58. It was a two-parter and it was the case agent, Eddie Fryer, telling uh, the story, you know, the true story of his investigation of the polyclass abduction case. Right. And it was the one where, you know, he was crying at points and I was crying at points because of the emotional connection he had to that case and how important it was for him to try to find Polly before, um, you know, alive. And the pressure that was on him, not just from the office and the family and the public and and internally himself, you know, all of that pressure. And I thought, this is what law enforcement is about. This is the side that people don't see. Right. And, um, you know, this is what's weighing down and causing what we're hearing now are are mental issues and and suicidal thoughts. And I way back then, you know, this was probably in 2017 that I did that episode. That's when I realized how much more the show could be than just sure. a true crime podcast. Yeah, there's definitely more than just true true crime. There's real elements to it. There's real yeah, you know, personal. I know, like for me, and I'm not going to throw out episode numbers. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that big of a fanboy. <laughs> I'm not even prepared but, to do so. But, but even though but I there, want to, there are three uh, subject matters, and I and, and I don't even remember the agents. But three subject matters that I thought were were really cool. Um, the one that stood out the most, I think, was you aired it around election day two years ago because I remember I was waiting online to vote. Uh, and this was the gentleman who did um, like children uh, crimes against children, sex crimes against children, right? And it turned out like his own relative um, yes. had been guilty of doing that. And it was so compelling. I remember I'm waiting online because I was online for like over an hour to vote. And I was like, wow, 
this just blew my socks off, man. I was like, so oh my God. I, I, now I have to, you know, because I've done so many and because I am 66 years old, <laughs> uh, my, uh, mind doesn't work <laughs> as well. So even though I, I know which episode you're talking about, because that's the one I really enjoyed too, because, yeah. uh, it was also about, um, investigative skills and he introduced the concept of a conversation with a purpose yes yep yes and i love that thought of instead of interview or interrogation you're having a conversation with a person you know who could be an adversarial subject but you want it to bring it to the level where it's a conversation with you having a purpose of getting information yeah. and you have to do and say and be whoever you can in order to make that happen. So let me, I'm going to, I'm going to look it up while we're we look talking. It up for, maybe we'll throw it in the show notes. Uh, yeah. So uh, it, it, that one, I remember I actually went to my, my staff, the guys who work for me. And I was like, you need to listen to this episode because there's some really good nuggets here on, on interviewing techniques, um, some really uh, good information. So that, that was one that stood out. There was another one that stood out that w- which uh, revolved around 9-11 and the work that the FBI did after 9-11 as far as like the recovery of remains and things like that. That was yeah, that was Richard Marks. I remember yeah. that episode. Yeah, that was like, for the 20th anniversary right. of 9-11 that I did that. He's he's yeah. fantastic. Uh, yeah. A legend. He's still active. He hasn't retired yet, but I decided to, you know, uh, step out of my FBI retired case file review yeah. format and go get him because uh, he's a, he's a dear friend. Yeah. And I just thought for the 20th, I wanted to have him. Yeah, that was a very moving episode. And, and you know, me, me being from New York, I was like, wow, this this really hit home. And then the other the the, the last one that, that really sticks out to me is the uh, McMillions guys um you know good. with the mcdonald's uh thing you know listening to those guys and then going and watching the 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 documentary which i i think it, that's the way i did it or i may have done the other where i watched i think i watched the documentary first and then they had the guys on. i was like wow this is cool because it's very relatable to me uh but those were the three that really really stuck out but there's some other great ones that talk about 9-11 I, I think it was a different episode where, where they were talking about people up in buffalo uh, that were involved in. Oh yeah. That's uh, the Lackawanna. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, that, that was, was uh, I enjoyed that one too. Jim right. Kyle episode two fifteen, <laughs> interviewing pedophiles conversation with a purpose. Hey, listen, we're not going to hold Jerry down. <laughs> it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, Jim Kyle. He, that was, that was really good. I have to tell you one of my favorite ones. Uh, and again, I'm old, so I'm going to have to look up the name of the agent who I know very, very well. I talk to all the time, but uh, now I can't think of his name because I'm having a memory. But the, the episode was about skinheads mm-hmm. and it was where. Um, oh, come on, Jerry. I can't can't believe I can't remember his name, um, but he had just heard this rumor he and a and a detective on the task force in wilmington had heard this rumor about two kids going to their prom with fresh web tattoos on their elbow bragging that they had received them because they had shot a black person yeah and they and this had happened like 20 years ago and they worked that case like nobody's business sure. trying to to first find out if the rumor was true, going back to those people that had been at that prom, hearing this rumor or hearing this story and 
trying to find out whether it was true, doing doing calendar work with the Philadelphia police to actually find a black male that had been shot, that no one knew why or what was going on around that time period, and then getting the people involved to confess. And it's just an amazing story of just dedication to to the case where they didn't have to do that. Right. You know, it was it, it was a rumor, but they decided to to go out of their way, you know, to solve this uh, racially motivated murder yeah. that uh, had just been floating around out there and, and no one had had investigated it. Right. Right. It's so crazy. I mean, there's so many, so many stories. Uh, I, I, I'm remember... going to tell people that. I'm going to wait a minute. I'm going to have to tell people what the episode is. Gary's and on a mission. The agent. <laughs> and the name of the agent, because I'm I'm totally embarrassed that I can't remember his name. Oh, it's all good. His, name, Listen. his first name is Scott. It's coming. It's coming. Coming to me. Uh, Scott Duffy. There you go. So <laughs> you listen, you I, probably know Scott Duffy. I, I think I do. I think. Yeah. I do. And, uh, that was episode 179. Wow. It was amazing. And I'm actually doing my best to try to find somebody, uh, who's a podcaster who does long-term stories yeah. to do the story, because I think, um, you know, if they can get everybody involved to talk about, you know, everybody from their different roles in there, I think it would yeah. make one of the, a great series. I think you should talk to Javier, Olivia. I'm sure. He yeah. Would, <laughs> reach out to him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. He does. He does more of a pretend, yeah. uh, uh, which, which is the name of his podcast, people pretending to be someone else. Yeah. You know, he is right here in Raleigh. You know, yeah. he's one of my, my best podcasting friends. So Are you part of the, shout, a shout out to Javier. Do you have a part of the, he's got like a podcasting networking group. Do you ever go to any of those in-person meetings? Yes. I go to every last one of them, you know, um, Podfest was just here uh, on a, on a tour. And uh, I definitely was, was there with that and, and think I'm going to go to Podfest at the end of January. Um, I haven't or... been, yeah, I haven't <laughs> been to a Podfest conference in a while. So You're I think in. I need to go. That's so great. So great. Uh, we're going to jump out and take a quick break. And, and when we come back, we're just going to keep, let's just keep celebrating your career and, and, oh, and thank you know, you. talk more about it. And let, let's, um, I want to talk to, to the agents out there as well, uh, that are retiring. Uh, cause I know you, you had run, a, uh, a PSA essentially saying, Hey, if you have a story that you can talk about, that's just been adjudicated, yeah. get in touch with me. Um, cause there's, there's definitely more content out there. So, uh, oh, lots of, co- I'm actually, I know you want to take a break, yeah, but I'm so actually I'm actually booked until the end of March wow. with stories. I've either already recorded them or have scheduled dates to record. Uh, but I just want I want to make sure people know that there is no hierarchy. I'm not just yeah. selecting people. Oh, OK, yeah. you may come on this show. Yeah. If you have a story that you think would be good to tell, not just because of your own personal legacy and you want to talk about what you did, but right. because it will be a good uh, a thing for the FBI, for people to see the type of work that you've done, sure. or you just have institutional knowledge that you want to share with law enforcement, then yeah, give me a call. We will make it work. We will get you on the show. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to take a break. Everybody sit tight and we will be right back. Specializing in the research of liability for personal injury claims, 
Pacific Liability Research offers insurance assessments of all applicable liability coverages to help determine what a case is potentially worth. Have a case with no insurance policy? Since 2019, the highly trained staff on their insurance discovery team has located over 100 million plus in previously unknown insurance coverage. They offer a full refund for any inaccurate results and they do not charge for no-hit searches. Additionally, Investigators Toolbox members automatically receive 50% off their first case. Just mention Investigators Toolbox when you fill out your first order. More information can be found at PacificLiability.com. Contact them today and discover the immediate impact that Pacific Liability Research can provide. I want to talk to everybody today about ScopeNow.com. ScopeNow has been a big-time sponsor of this program for quite some time, and I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning. I'm one of their beta customers, and it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is, is Scope Now is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research, and really spending less time digging around and, and uh, looking for information, I think is one of the best points of how Scope Now can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you, you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts. So you have uh, particular people that you're looking at, you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually um, is flagged and goes off. It's really, uh, really amazing. And their relationship and association analytics are uh, top notch, really uh, cutting edge and really, really cool. When they brought that out on version three, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know, having that relationship you know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope Now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope Now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports and put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox, along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that ScopeNow is a part of that suite. ScopeNow.com. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIInstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Looking to get out of the cold weather and get some CE credits? 
The National Association of Legal Investigators have their midwinter conference in St. Pete, Florida this year from January 31st through February 2nd. Learn more at nallyonline.org. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Today, we have the amazing Jerry Williams, FBI uh, case file review, a retired FBI case file re uh, review, actually. <laughs> Let me get that correct. Uh, welcome back to the program, Jerry. Thank you. This all is right. fun. Yeah, this is great. We're uh, going down memory lane here um, with all these great stories. And uh, you know, before we took the break, you, you had talked about um, you know if you're an agent and you're you know, getting ready to retire and all that. And you have case to talk about definitely get in touch and we'll have all that in the, in the show notes um, going forward. Um, before we got into the, the best of <laughs> with your show, we were talking about PR and the FBI. And I, I think that's a very topical uh, issue that's going on here as a private investigator and being part of national associations. I'm seeing more and more on the state level that the FBI is actually reaching out to private investigators to speak with them and educate them with regards to um, foreign governments using private investigators as essentially agents. Uh, so from a PR standpoint, you would never think like oh, the FBI, why would they reach out to us? Uh, but I see it more and more uh, happening. So there's been a change in stance when you were um, serving um, in, in a PR um, position with the FBI, was there like a standard policy or procedure with how you would contact like outside sources? Oh, not really. I mean, definitely the we would hear from the FBI headquarters from the, uh, you know, the National Public Affairs Association about things that they would like us to concentrate on. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember anything that involved us reaching out to private investigators. This is something that's definitely new. Right. Uh, before that, we might we probably were more in tune to reaching out and doing public service announcements to the general media to reach the public. Uh, but right. uh, definitely there are things have changed. And especially when it comes to intelligence matters uh, to uh, those type of, uh, you know, issues, uh, things have changed a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of that just has to do with technology, right. And, and yeah. people's ability to Social communicate media. with one another social media um the the uh, the bad guys the bad actors getting a little more creative on how they do things and you can't be everywhere all at once it's just impossible um and i i know the agents that i've spoken to on this issue one of the 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 things that's frustrating to them too is they get so many leads and they just don't know what's actionable and what's not right so it's like they're counting on these tips to be able to um, really point them in the right direction and focus on things that are actually actionable and not just, meh, this was something that was kind of weird, but uh, but not really. So uh, I know it's a frustration, to the, at least to the agents that I've spoken with. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, people have to understand is, you know, the things that the FBI is involved are involved in the cases that uh, that are taken all have to do with manpower and resources and where we are going to put our priorities and uh, this one definitely sounds like it's a uh, it's a priority because we certainly don't want loyal American citizens, especially those and private and private investigators. A lot of them who are former law enforcement. I mean, mm -hmm. who would 
absolutely, uh, you know, stay away from or avoid helping outside, you know, people outside the United States, you know, spying here in the United States. And so it is something that definitely that uh, is an issue that uh, uh, the FBI is is looking out to, to other people to, to help them you know, warn uh, everyone about. So. Yeah. And it's not a matter of, Hey, we're going to subcontract you to go do this surveillance for us. Or we're going to do it. like, there's none of that going on. And I know there were, there were, at least I went to an event in Manhattan in February where we went actually down to federal plaza and you know, we had the whole consultation and there were people on the crowd like, Hey, like we could help you. We could do this stuff. Like, you know, we are former law enforcement. We know what to look like, but the, the idea of that it's while, you know, like romantic is just not real as, realistic it's never gonna happen right um it's more along the lines of when you get that phone call and somebody's soliciting you to do a particular thing that you in your head you're like "Mm, this doesn't sound right you know they're they're asking me to you know do something that i just don't feel right about of course i'm gonna say no to that job and turn away from it hopefully (laughs) uh and you know it's just taking it one step further and contacting your your local agent and saying hey I was solicited for so-and-so, you know, it, and this is, this is the contact that can, came to me and this is how it came to me. Right. So that's, that's that little thread that they want to pull on. Right. Right. Uh, a little deeper. And so. I don't know if you've mentioned that you're, you're, we're, we're mostly talking about being hired to surveil somebody yeah. and to, you know, to bring back information mm-hmm. you know, to the person that's hiring you, um, which is really kind of scary when you're hearing about, foreign countries now coming into the U.S. to to silence, you know, people uh, who are you know, speaking out against uh, abuses in other countries. Right. I mean, that's really that would be extremely frightening to have played a role in somebody being murdered here in the States yeah. by a foreign uh, you know, country uh, because you helped. In, in that surveillance. Uh, yeah. I just can't imagine feeling the responsibility of having played a part in that. So yeah. the warnings are necessary. Yeah. And there was a whole thing in Brooklyn, you know, where there was a, um, a political uh, dissident, you know, who was, who was very vocal anti Iran. I think it was, you know, like she was very vocal about, you know, her positions on things and they hired an investigator with some, you know, Oh, matrimonial thing, you know, this and that. And, and they had, uh, like the, the way the money trail went, like they hired a third party to transfer money. Like it was just, it was really funky, mm-hmm. um, to, to do things. And, um, thankfully they were able to, to stop, you know, like the, the investigator that was hired, um, was able to make contact with the, with the federal government and they were able to, to keep an assassination attempt because that's exactly what it was, uh, from happening. Um, which is nuts. And, and it ranges from all different things, right? It's not just assassination. It's, uh, you know, um, you know, putting pressure, Hey, your family back home, they're not going to be okay. unless you come back, you know, something may happen to them like that kind of stuff. Um, and they're getting very creative. They're like, you know, hiring or creating law firms, you know, bogus law firms to hire you to do stuff. Um, that, uh, you know, you think you're collecting a judgment, a locate to collect a judgment, but you're really locating for, you know, another agent to go harass, you know? So, uh, yeah, if it's, if it sounds funky or feels funky, don't take it's it. It's probably <laughs> funky. Don't do it. Yeah. And what happens is you get folks that are, are recently retired 
uh, from law enforcement that don't really have that education on what to do, what not to do, the ethics of what's okay. And they got somebody showing up with a lot of cash saying, you know, I'd like to hire you to do this. Well, you're, you're getting your foot uh, and, you know, you, your shingle just went up. You got to pay the bills. You got to do this and that. And you don't know any better. Right. Um, so this PR push from that's coming from the FBI is more along the lines of, of just ethics. Right. Educating. Hey, you know, don't do this. If something comes across, it doesn't look right. Like, don't do it. Um, so I think that's kind of the focus that they're taking, which is super interesting. Right. Don't do it. And if there are if you are suspicious, report it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's really the uh, the, the gist of it. Leave it to the uh, to the team. And they may know about stuff already and you're just strengthening their case as well. Um, you don't know how it all uh, how it all fits in and comes comes together. So um, it, it's interesting to see how things are, are changing um, and, um, you know, trying to make sure that we're doing the right thing and, and we obviously have the best interest of our of our country um which is uh which is crazy so you never know what's going to happen right yeah and i guess that you know you, you say that about uh, how things are changing you know i joined the fbi over 40 years ago right. and uh, so much has changed and the podcast has allowed me to stay relevant yeah. You know, to, to hear the stories uh, of cases that are happening now and to be in touch with active agents who are you know working in the bureau now. And I think you would think that because of technology, it has gotten easier. But yeah. I do think it's gotten tougher because of social media and and uh, things that are cameras and things that are out there. I, I think that law enforcement is as challenging today as it was back in my, my, my time. Sure. Yeah. It's just yeah. different things that you, that, that become more important or bigger you know, presidents to look at um, there. So you want to talk about rel uh, relevance and, and things that, that you've done and, and uh, recognitions that you've gotten. You received a very prestigious award recently too. So let's talk about that a little bit. Tell me, uh, tell me about okay, that. Okay. Well, we'll only get to talk about my prestigious award if we get to talk about yours too, because oh. it was the same year in 2021. Oh, yeah. You yeah, won yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Come Listen, on. Let me just say it. Investigator of the year. <laughs> yeah. You won private investigator of the year by uh, PI magazine. So um, I want to congratulate you, Thank you. on uh, on your recognition too. But yeah, in uh, November 2020, 21 to two years ago, I received the FBI Agents Association's Distinguished Service Award at their G-Man uh, Honors uh, uh, gala event. Mm -hmm. And that's where I got to meet personally with Director Ray. And 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 I believe one of the reasons that uh, he agreed to, to come on the podcast, because if sure. you look, he hasn't been on anybody else's no. podcast. No, no, no. That's a big get. yeah, it's a big get. Yeah, you can't count NPR or Fox News turning a, a news episode into a podcast episode. Uh, he has not been on anybody else's podcast, but he came on mine, and uh, I have to uh, to to say that it was because I truly believe because of the FBI Agents Association's recognition and support of uh of fbi retired case file oh, review yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, listen what, what you do is it it's a service you know 
it's a service to the private community. It's a service to the FBI themselves. Uh, they should be cutting you a check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk to them paid. about that. <laughs> I call um, it a labor of love, but it is go. a labor because you know, you know that podcasting is not a matter of just, you know, scheduling an interview and sitting in front of the uh, a microphone and talking to somebody. There's a lot of work and uh, preparation you know, mm -hmm. for the interview. And there's a lot of work after the fact as far as editing and, and putting the episodes together. Yeah. You take the hard way out. I, I hire somebody. Shout out to Joey. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> well, I can shout out to Dan uh, okay. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I have a person that goes through the first pass yeah. of uh, editing all of my episodes, which are usually long. You know, they can they're averaging at least an uh, an hour, but you know yeah. some of them. This last one was an hour and forty two minutes. Yes, I edit that entire one. I edit all three of those because it was so important for me to have my touch on it. So uh, Dan Dan didn't get to do those, but usually I send it to Dan. He does a quick pass through, not necessarily a quick pass. Sorry, Dan, uh, yeah. but he does a pass through. Then he sends it to me, and I go through it again because okay. I'm so particular. I don't even like a breath. I don't like a mouth sound. I don't, you know, so I, I edit it again because my guests come on and they tell a story. I try not to interrupt, you know, and I try to let them just tell the case, re give that case review uh, because I think once they get into the story and there's not a lot of interruption, they get deeper and deeper and they remember how they felt and what was happening and what was said. And so I try to do like we do when we do our investigative interviews, which yeah. is ask the question and then shut up. Shut up. Exactly. <laughs> but I do do a lot of prep ahead of time yeah. because I might be producing. You may not hear it. But there's a lot of times where I'm producing as we're talking and sure. I'll stop the person and say, hey, you went over that real quick. Let's step back. And then I delete all of that stuff. All that stuff is edited out. But we the reason I think that the interviews are so rich is because I work with my guests to pull out as much of that story as possible and ask them, what were you feeling? What was going on at the time? Yeah. Um, I love stories. Yeah, I love stories. I love telling them. I love reading them. I love sharing them. See, for yeah. me, like I love stories that way, hearing about them. I'm a terrible reader. I don't have time for reading. I know you have your book club. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just not something like I'm such a busy person. I'm, like, my yeah. I'm so an busy. audiobook person. I will <laughs> I will admit it is hard when, you know, for me to sit down and read a book because my mind is going constantly. Yeah. So even if I try to sit down and just read a book, in the middle of it, there's going to be something that triggers a thought. Oh, yeah. I should do that. Oh, I needed to email that person. Or maybe I should. And so I'm an audiobook person. So I try to get out and walk. I just did my, I did four and a half miles today. I, I just get out and while I'm walking, I'm reading, I'm reading. Yeah, I'm reading. It's an audio book, but I'm yeah. reading, uh, reading books. And yeah. I try my best to do at least two books a month, which I know doesn't sound like a lot. I would love to be able to sit down and read every day. I grew up reading, but uh, you're right. Yeah, we're busy. My kids read like crazy. Like I know, I, I, wow, they, they must get it for my wife. They, they, they can't 
stop reading, which is fantastic. Well, we don't do television in our house really. So it's like, that's how that's their, their outcome. But I remember like audio booking, like Lord of the Rings, like on a cassette tape, you know, and I remember like driving around, I was out in the field, like just doing work all the time and just listening to, you know, these, these, uh, audio interpretations of, yeah. um, you know, all, all the Lord of the Rings books. And then I was like, Oh, man, this is so good. Um, yeah, I actually just talk segueing, yeah. <laughs> going on a tangent for just a bit. I I actually like audiobooks more because you can visualize and use your imagination more, yeah. you know, yeah. as as the person is is telling you a story. And even better than that is I always get the audiobook and the ebook. And so when I do have time to have to sit there and read as the narrator is is, you know, narrating the the, the story, having somebody read a book to me is, is oh, yeah. a lot of fun, too. Oh, yeah. No, I remember going through like uh, my kids are much older now, but w- when they were younger, we go through the Lord of the Rings stuff and I read to them and do like a chapter or something. And I, you know, and it was yeah. like you read in nothing those, better. You hear in your voice because you've seen the movies or whatever. You think of particular characters, Gandalf. OK, I know how Gandalf talks, you know, you shall not pass. You know, like go through <laughs> and doing like all that with, uh. with my kids. It's, uh, it's fun, but we're totally going off on a tangent here. So yeah, I know. <laughs> let me rope us back in. Uh, uh, Jerry's got a reading club. <laughs> so if you're into it by all means, please be, be a part of it. Um, which is another, I have a, yeah, what I do is, um, I have books that uh, are written by the FBI agent who are on my podcast. They have the books about the FBI or FBI characters that are written by, uh, people that have been on my podcast. And I have over 80 books now on my FBI reading resource list. Yeah. And so people who do like to read, we're getting we're, we're getting back to the topic, yeah. who okay. do like to read <laughs> and uh, about the FBI uh, can uh, get that list of uh, of books because I definitely want to promote uh, the the works of the uh, agents that have been on my show. Yeah, and one of the other things too is you you uh, comment on on television and movies. Yes, uh, that's so much fun. Guy, right? So here's the BS and here's what's what's good. I mean, I used to love, you know, like Quantico and all that. It's not real, <laughs> you know. <laughs> what I try to do is not. I'm not. I'm doing a book. Re, I mean, a, a movie or TV review, not of the actual TV show or movie. What I'm doing is pulling out teachable moments about the FBI. Right. So the current one that I have um, uh, sent out to my reader team is uh, the firm. And I did that because uh, John Grisham just has the sequel to that out, The yeah. Exchange. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to review the the firm. And in that review, I'm not really talking about the movie, but I, I, one of the things that uh, I, I looked at for a teachable moment was remember, if you can remember the firm, how his wife and his assistant were in the Cayman Islands and they stole the copies of records. Yeah. Uh, from his colleague and they made copies and then they gave them to the FBI. Well, my teachable moment is who's going to authenticate those records. Exactly. Uh, You know, and, 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 and also because they left, you know, they just gave the records to the FBI. Also, isn't a lawyer going to try to get that evidence suppressed because was he acting as an agent for the FBI when they went in and stole that records? That's illegal. That is not, you cannot use that. (laughs) So that's what I do is I look at movies. I hope I'm not ruining the (laughs) the movie for our TV show for someone, but 
basically allows somebody who wants to be in law enforcement or maybe writing a book about a crime novel to know that that's not the way it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And that's a lot of fun. I I started I started doing that way before I became um a TV technical consultant, but that certainly is uh uh the way I got that job and it's just a fun thing to do. Yeah, I'm sure there's not like uh inter graduating class hooking uh, hookups uh, at Quantico going on like they had on the TV. <laughs> well, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> Well, they don't look like the characters that were on TV. <laughs> no, no, they don't. They don't. <laughs> it's not a Shonda Rhimes production. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, it, it's cool. You know, it, it's so funny, Jerry. You've done so much um, in, in your post-career, um, all, all, all joking aside. Um, yeah, you've really helped a, a lot of people. I think there's also some, uh, it's a little bit cathartic, right, for these ex-agents to kind of get a chance to tell the story again, get it off their chest. You know, it's something yeah. they're you're dealing with and, and and you do it in an in, a, in an environment and in a way it's very welcoming you know and and you you had mentioned it earlier and we'll, we'll get back to it of just creating that comfort level to the, for them to tell the story because as an interviewer i i understand what you're saying sometimes you just shut up right mm-hmm. just let them go and yeah here and there you gotta throw something in just to let them know you're still there or, or, or steer it in, in another direction but it's so great that, that you you offer this medium you know, to get this stuff out. It's really, really neat. I can tell you there is not an interview that I've done where I haven't, and I joke on this last one I just released, I joke that I always say the word, oh, that's so fascinating. Because you know? <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> I am. You. I'm just fascinated <laughs> by some of these, uh, or all of them. I'm yeah. fascinated. There's always something that I learn from them. And, and you're right. I, I think for the agents who decide to come on and sometimes I had to convince people, you know, to, to come on. Um, but the ones that do come on, they know they have an interesting story to tell and it's like an opportunity to, to tell it yeah. without interference. I mean, there are TV shows uh, that are out there that allow agents to come on and, and, and tell their story, but, there's still going to be time restraints where, you know, some of that stuff is on the edit, on the editing floor. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to be told because there's just not enough time or maybe it doesn't fit the narrative. So, so this is a good point, right? So Mm -hmm. um, the, the guys with McMillions, um, the way that show was edited, I remember when you had him on, he was like, well, you know, didn't really happen that way or it was a little bit different and it kind of changed things a little bit. Like to me, that was fascinating. There we go. You get it from me, right? Yeah. That, 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 you know, it's that they were able to do that. You know, it's like, oh man, really? Okay. All right. I see what, what was happening here. You, you, you have to uh, get it go. And, you know, oddly enough, I saw on CNN, uh, was it CNN? CNN's now showing that make millions, you know, oh, okay. it was on HBO, but now I guess yeah. they've sold it to CNN. Um, and it's going to be on CNN. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's it's a really great. Yeah, thing. it's really good. And and the the main guy, the the case agent, because I actually spoke to the supervisor. The right. case agent was still active. I don't know if he's still active now, but what a character! Yeah. And I kind of liked it in that sense because they you always have this picture in movies and books where the FBI agent is just so you know, cold and unfeeling and, you know, in the black suit. And I mean, as you know, in law enforcement, there's some real characters uh, right. and uh, we, we have our share definitely in the FBI. And it's, it's nice to, 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 
get that out there too to yeah. people to see. Yeah. yeah, it's all it's all good stuff. Yeah, Jared, I, I think we're going to wind down here. This was great. Thank you so much for coming on, and um, congratulations again on three hundred episodes. That's that's yeah, amazing. Thank you. I I I'm gonna keep telling stories and sharing stories until I can't get anyone else to come on the show. So all right, well, we're going to put a link to to the show in the show notes, obviously, and uh, all the other cool stuff that Jerry does. I encourage everyone to uh, to go check it out. Um, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, thanks again, Jerry, for being here. And Thank we'll you. see everybody next time on the next show. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jerry, for being an awesome guest as usual. Congrats to her again on 300 episodes. It's worth a listen. We want to thank Campbell Insurance Group for sponsoring our show. Remember to tell them you listen to save $50 when you apply for insurance. Additional thanks to Scope Now, Pacific Liability Research, and the BI Institute for Education. Thanks for sponsoring our podcast. Also, don't forget about investigatorstoolbox.com New Year 2024. You can type in version 2.0, 25% to save 50 bucks when you join it. And please follow Matt at Satellite Investigations on LinkedIn. If you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. And you can find him on Instagram and Facebook as well. We'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. We will be back next week with a new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.